Okay, Danielle, tell me a little bit about where you, you are right now. So I'm at my grandparents' house, and I'm sitting under the red kitchen table, and I'm playing with a circus. And um, we set up all, like, the dishcloths and the um, placemats, and they're like circus rings. And we have all these old circus animals who are, make, who are part of the circus. We have, like, bears and dogs and camels. And I'm making a circus for my family, and they're going to come over, and we have, like, the tablecloth as our big top, and they're all going to come over, and they're going to watch the circus. Awesome. That's great. Okay, can you stop it? Let's stop it. Welcome to our new podcast. It is the pilot. Um, it is called Curious About Art with George, and we're sitting around the kitchen table um, talking about issues that we um, see in the classroom as art educators. Um, there is myself, um, Alona Sakelli, and George Sakelli, both of us art educators um, in Kentucky for many years, and um, often we sit and talk about around this exact table, right, about issues in in art education and it's kind of fun to share that with everyone and um, hopefully through our Facebook site actually get some um, larger conversations going and some larger input going. It's it's hard on social media sometimes to just do a line here or a line there but it's nice to uh, have a place that we can actually bring some of these conversations um, to light. So I thank you for, for doing this with me and for being here. Um, I'll put it over to you. All new endeavors, starting a new painting, starting a new book, starting a new... Uh, it, it's very exciting at the same time. It, it is, um, um, there's a fear factor, like facing a new canvas. And uh, what keeps us on um, an even keel is that we are sitting not just around the kitchen table, but it's a kitchen table that we sat around most of our lives it's a kitchen table that's red <laughs> and it was uh made in 1946 in illinois and um, it's a very special table that uh, we brought from uh, woodstock new york uh, to um, and all our children and our family uh, family gatherer on this table um, so it's it, we're in a it, that makes us feel more comfortable. And, I think that's a very important point because you, you know, you bring all of these things at some point to your classroom, right? Um, all of these stories and all of these important memories and, um, you know, these moments to your to your students often. So the fact that you start with discussing where we're actually sitting in the kitchen table um, makes a lot of sense to me because that's very much a part of. Um, the way that you've always taught your class and the way that you always begin teaching is this idea of sharing something about yourself, about who you are, right, and about um, some of the wonderful things that you collect are important to you in hopes that your students also um, have these same wonderful memories about things like their own kitchen table, 
for example. Now, I'm not suggesting that this red kitchen table was actually ever in my classroom. No. <laughs> <laughs> but when I look around the kitchen, there are so many things that um, my wife calls disappeared and where they are. Um, uh, because I like to make it authentic when I go into the classroom. And for example, if, I'm going, if we're going to be looking at different uh, interesting kitchen utensils, um, I like to take the whole drawer with me. Yes, and my poor mother. <laughs> can imagine her expression when she sees the whole drawer missing and she's ready to make dinner and the utensils, the equipment is not there. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a realistic opening when the drawer comes to class and then the kids, the students get to see um, what is in those drawers and get to really uh, share the experience of opening the drawer like they did when they were children and the first time they could browse through the kitchen drawer and, and find um, uh, interesting things to play with and to um, um, uh, create with. So lots of, lots of things from the kitchen. Uh, the funniest thing perhaps that I ever took to class was our kitchen trash can. <laughs> and what I like about it is it has kind of an automatic feature the way it opens. So, you know, there's a, a surprise opening and there are always interesting things inside. So when I uh, took the trash can to class, uh, which was um, um, a grand opening again, and the kids really uh, enjoyed the personal feeling of looking through the art teacher's trash can, mm -hmm and finding um, their art supplies and finding interesting things that they wanted to collect or keep or build on. And um, it, it became a whole lesson in itself. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because it's, um, just to take a step back a little bit, we're both professors, but we both work with um, a lot with the schools and going into schools and uh, with children. We all, all both have our own past about uh, being elementary school teachers as well. Um, but I think as I go into the schools now and I um, am observing lessons and things like that, um, the PowerPoint seems to be ruling the day and this idea of actually bringing things in um, to share with the, the students seems to be less and less. And um, it's something that both of us stress a lot in our, our classes. Uh, please, you know, bring something in. Don't always feel like it has to be this... Um, this PowerPoint presentation, um, so that definitely goes to to that to that moment of needing to bring stuff in, even if it's the drawer in your kitchen. You have stuff, and my students are always like, "Well, I just don't have anything," and um, that's not true. You do have things, right? You do have a lot to share. So this idea of "I don't have anything," um, no, you don't have a Van Gogh. That's true, um, but you do have other things that are beautiful that you can share with your students. On, on um, that note, um, the, the idea of, of, of this experience, but first of all, I just want to set the record uh, straight. I have not used PowerPoint at all in my, <laughs> in my 50 years of teaching. I believe you. <laughs> um, Don't worry, I'm the one running the podcast. <laughs> But the experience of holding something in your hand versus seeing it on the screen, you can't compare. 
and um, I really valued the importance of having the kids um, feel that every day, every session, since we can't take a bus every day to the art museum, that every time they come to the art class, they have seen something beautiful, something interesting. And in addition to that, something personal, because we as art teachers have such interesting homes, studios, we're surrounded by collections. And we also observe children. Like, why did I bring a toaster in to one class? Well, because I saw my son preparing his toast in the morning for breakfast. So I decided, of course, the toaster has to come into class. Um, in uh, buttering his um, toast, it really became an amazing art form of how he arranged and, and designed the uh, toppings, the, the cream cheese, the... Um, the selections that he, he made and the toast became really his canvas. So to order to make t uh, toast a canvas, a realistic canvas, it was important to bring it into class. The same with our blender, which is sitting right next to us. <laughs> to really sell tickets to a show, which is the changes of colors, and that was so fascinating to the children that I could have sold a million tickets. Um, instead of remembering what color makes what or but the magic of color when it went through the blender and the kids had the experience of putting on the blender and seeing what colors made, what colors they could make they all sat around this this uh, antique blender that I have um, and then they get taste the juice the juice the juice <laughs> Uh, well, I think they forget, too, that, you know, we have these very sterile ways of mixing color. And we forget that kids have actually mixed color before. You know, this is not their first rodeo. And, uh, you know, I see in second and third and fourth graders, you know, like very carefully mixing the color wheel and trying to, like, find the colors. And I think, you know, how many times have you maybe done this with icing or with, you know, the blender or other things? You know, and you've seen the colors coming together. So there's lots of ways in which, um, you know. Kids have already experimented with some of these things, and I think we forget that sometimes. Yes. Um, and we create this very sterile um, experience of mixing colors when it shouldn't. It shouldn't be like that. So that's definitely. It's always part of a it. question of do we um, give out formulas for color or memorizing color formulas, or do we want them to fall in love with color and the color yeah. mixing experience to be a magical experience, something unforgettable? Yeah. Um, and I think that type of, of, of uh, feeling uh, you will never forget once you play with color freely. Well, I think it's the falling in love part that's really important in all of this, right? Falling in love with beautiful design, uh, with just beauty around you, right? And to understand that the toaster is actually a beautiful object, that somebody designed the toaster, you know, that there's many different types of toasters out there, that, you know, you pick these things because you think they're beautiful. Um, you know, all of these are very important design choices that we make as kids and as adults. Um, and it's, I think it's important to bring that in the classroom because it's not just about, um, you know, the, the cookie cutter lesson sometimes, but it's about them figuring these things out for themselves. It's interesting because I remember that when you bring in an object, for example, the, the uh, juices, which I love so much, I have 
perhaps too many of them, but I, I love <laughs> collecting juicers because when you bring the juicer the into class, <laughs> Uh, the kids not only see these, uh, actually the history of an object, because yes. I have probably juices from um, uh, every uh, part of the uh, 20th century and probably beyond now. Um, but they can taste the juice. They can make the juice. Mm -hmm. And uh, that also uh, becomes uh, uh, memorable. But it's interesting, it has always these other kinds of things which you're not prepared for. I remember cutting the orange for the juicer so the kids can actually make um, uh, their juice. And um, the kids were fascinated with the uh, orange peels. Mm. And um, they started figuring out, I remember one of the uh, students figuring out what, when the orange peels were separated but then they could be put together again into a sphere. Yes. And then opened up again, how magical that was. Mm -hmm. And this, this shape, which really was just like the Sydney Opera House, you know. <laughs> right. He became, you know, he found this Absolutely. architectural magic idea yeah. from, from taking apart the peels. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember another child, you know, it was not a question of the learning about the history of the um, uh, orange squeezers, but juice, to make juice, but um, was more interested in how his uh, pen, his ballpoint pen in his hands, made very unusual soft indentations, marks, and what great drawings could be made in the inside of the, um, of the um, orange peel. Unfortunately, these are not the experiences, these hands-on experiences that you're talking about that kids are getting on a daily basis in, in every class. Um, you know, we are moving more towards the, the PowerPoint and then at home, you know, you see more and more kids on screen. So um, actually having this experience of, of touching something and feeling something in the art room becomes more and more valuable um, as time goes on. So, you know, I think that, you know, for today, I think it's really good to to touch on the fact that it is something small you can bring in, something that's important to you that you can bring in, something that um, the kids can kind of get a hold of and and touch and feel and to come up with different possibilities for, right? Because there's possibilities that you didn't think about that the kids came up with on their own, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for their input and their possibilities and not just um, – always the lesson that you bring in, right, but the lesson that they take out of it can be different, and that's the most magical moments is when they give you back far more than you've brought in to them, so. The, um, they're used to the mechanical tools, and in my career, my early career before computers, it was always fighting the uh, ballpoint pen uh, because the ballpoint pen is creates this mechanical line and they're writing all day so they have this repeated um, um, uh, hold on the pen, the, this grip, this death grip on the pen. So they're used to having things in their hand but using it really mechanically and, and uh, um, not freely and playfully. So it was always a question of, well, how do you get to play with the pen? How do you get to play with your brush, with your pencil? Can you juggle it? Can you uh, roll it? Can you, you know, how, what kind of playful hands can you attach to a playful tool? Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, today we're battling the uh, computer, the screens in a sense, because um, writing uh, texts and messaging and so forth, you know, it, again it becomes this hand which is no longer playful but is attached to a device which makes your moves mechanical and routine. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I just had that same conversation with my students, but about the paintbrush and about how we treat the paintbrush, the kids hold in their hands similar to the pen because they're so used to holding the pen and a pencil in their hands, right? Um, that they're not, their grip is so tight on it, right? And they treat it the exact same way. And this idea of loosening up and treating it differently is, is, is really important. And, you know, and to use things beyond paintbrushes, obviously, too. But if they're going to hold a paintbrush in their hand, to, think, to not think of it like a pen or a pencil um, and to kind of make those free remarks and use your, more of your arm, right? With a pen, you're just using your hand um, and not using the rest of your arm. So the pen's a good, a good conversation piece, yes. I think, for, for a lot of these issues. I, I remember coming to America and taking a, a ballroom dancing class and uh, somehow we didn't have an even number of girls and, and boys. Mm-hmm. So I always ended up with the stick, with a, with a broom that the oh. teacher gave me to <laughs> dance with. So um, the students really um, uh, think it's very funny when um, they ask a pen to dance or a, yeah. or a brush to dance, you know, and I remind them, you know, I show them a broomstick and how I used to dance with the broomstick. Yes. <laughs> so, um, that it can be so many different things and that your hand is really, unless your hand becomes playful, your eyes become playful, your body becomes playful, mm-hmm. your mind won't become playful. Right. So that freedom has to be exercised. I and like that. It's more of a dance than a march. And a march is definitely what we're, we're doing with our hands, with a pen or with a pad. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, conductor's baton that you can yes. um, it it, uh, it can lead a parade, <laughs> uh, but um, a magic wand which kids love very much, and then um, of course all kinds of juggling acts that they invent. Um, so yes, it's um, all, all tools are playable. Yeah, and. Um, I enjoy watching my son, who's a cellist, who approaches his cello now in, in trying to create new music um, as a toy, and uh, not as someone who is a master of the toy or already is an expert at the toy, but as a novice. And he's exploring every surface of the cello, as every surface of an art tool needs to be explored and played with, not as a master of it, but as a novice, as if you held it for the first time. Yeah. Well, this was great. It's great to sit around the table and talk, like we always do, actually. Yes. Uh, but to have everyone join us, which is wonderful, around the, the red, as you said, kitchen table <laughs> to, yes. to paint a picture. Um, yeah, and we're excited to continue these conversations. I think it'll be wonderful to, uh, to keep going with these. And our series is called uh, Curious About Art with George. And we will come back to this kitchen table and uh, discuss some more. We really encourage you to uh, join the Plain Art Facebook site because uh, that helps us to kind of get some topics of conversation going and to add that to this, to this dialogue. So um, thank you. Thank you. See you soon.